The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped with everything you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend with your family. The all-new Hyundai Santa Fe's features ensure that you can take on any adventure. What kind of features? Well, how about the available H-Track all-wheel drive so you can take on the dirt trails and kick up some mud? Or the standard third-row seating so your whole family can experience the thrill together? How about available dual wireless charging pads so no one gets stuck in the great outdoors with a dead phone? We're always trying to think about those great spring and summer getaways, but with a car like the Hyundai Santa Fe, anywhere can be your next adventure. To learn more about the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe, go to HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for complete details. Learn more about the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for complete details. The perfect combination of versatile athleisure and training apparel has arrived. Thanks to the visionary minds of New Balance, Clutch Athletics, and Rich Paul, the designs reflect the heart of the athlete and the spirit of the community. With rising defensive football stars Will Anderson and Chase Young on the roster, Clutch Athletics brings the best innovative gear to all athletes, giving them style and performance on and off the field. Learn more and purchase Clutch Athletics at NewBalance.com. Welcome back to the Cover 3 Podcast with your hosts, Chip Patterson, Tom Fernelli, Danny Cannell, and Bud Elliott. It's your call for the best college football coverage from National Signing Day to the National Championship and everything in between. CBS Sports presents the Cover 3 Podcast. And welcome back to the Cover 3 Podcast. Here on CBS Sports, that's Bud Elliott, that's Tom Finelli, I'm Chip Patterson, coming to you live at youtube.com slash cover3, and everywhere you get your podcasts on demand, thanks for hanging out, smash that subscribe, smash that like, and come and join us in the chat, aka the Cover 3 tailgate, happy President's Day to all who celebrate. Coming up later, Danny Cannell ranks his favorite presidents. <laughs> no, Danny is uh, with family right now. You know how that uh, that travel volleyball life works. I believe he was in Kansas City. He'll be back on Wednesday. Also, uh, heads up, come and hang out on Wednesday as a friend of the Cover 3 podcast. Bill Connolly from ESPN will come and join the show. We are going to break down, of course, his returning production numbers. And he's got his first batch of SP Plus ratings up on ESPN.com. And so we can take a dive into that, see what we were surprised about and and what those numbers might say uh, about college football in this way too early moment as we get ready for spring practice to start. I really wish Danny was here so we could have done the president's draft because I do think that would have done very well socially. Yeah. I know. <laughs> hey, we've 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 always got a, a tell, let us know in the cover three tailgate. What do you think Danny's big board looks like on the <laughs> President's Day President's draft? What is what is the Mount Rushmore of presidents? I tell you what, if if you get aggregated by the non sports sites, like the traffic ain't no joke. Uh, yeah. when, when, when I broke the crap, remember the Jameis Crab Leg story? Yes. Mm-hmm. We broke that on Tomahawk and that like back when I worked for Espionation, Nation and that thing ran like crazy and we had to reset our chart beat subscription a couple times because it was getting agged by like not just you know at espn or cbs sports but like 
real CBS, like real Yahoo. That that kind of traffic stuff is different. So I do think we really could. We can rocket ship this thing. We just give a little bit, little, just a little bit. Of space. Yeah. All right, listen. We we need to stick with what we're good at, and, uh, right. and what we're good at is talking about college football. So, um, but, <laughs> well, I'm like LeBron. I don't like to accept praise, Chip. You know. I, <laughs> All right. I, so. I did listen to the uh, PMT uh, NBA preview with Rosillo. Oh, did you? Like exactly the amount of NBA I need. <laughs> The fact that they do it at the All-Star break is what makes it perfect. Right. I have no interest in paying attention to the NBA before now. And I at least like like to know what teams these guys are on that I'm prize picking. You know? So. Always follow All Bud right. for your prize picks advice. So there have been some developments in the last couple of days. Um, initially, I think, Bud, you were passing along – the idea that you know this this big college football playoff extension, a six year deal with ESPN, that you know it's it's already dialed in and it's going to be this much money. And we d- discussed it a little bit here on the show, but really as a small piece of a bigger conversation of what the future is going to look like. Then all of a sudden, say, like, hey, well, well, maybe this deal isn't signed yet. And now we've got even more reporting. As uh, first Yahoo Sports Ross Dellinger. Had the report, and I know that we've got uh, our own Dennis Dodd. The Dodd father has confirmed it as well as the MAC commissioner, John Steinbrecher, has sent a memo to the athletic directors in the MAC that says any reports of the college football playoff agreeing to a TV deal are, quote, incorrect. Um, a person familiar with the talks told Dennis, quote, there was nothing that was put in front of these people at all. I can confirm the existence of that memo and everything that was in it. Uh, there isn't so much of a draft of the contract done yet, but we've got uncertainty around the future of the college football playoff. Big deal, little deal, no deal. I think ultimately probably uh, no deal. Or sorry, not not, not a big deal. Okay. Um, I don't want to say no deal, which implies there won't be a deal. I, I don't have any inside information on this. I think it was The Athletic that put out that it was basically done or done I don't think they would run with that. With like, th- there could be some people who have to vote on it who say it's not done, which I guess technically means it's not done. And, and to the Will credit, it get the done? Athletic, to the credit of the athletic, I do remember the report said pending ironing out all these you know current issues that include the format of the which include nobody agreeing to the deal yet. <laughs> <laughs> pending everyone agreeing to the deal, we've got a deal. Mission accomplished. And Tom, what do you think? Big deal? No deal. I don't think it's going to be a big deal in the long run, but I, I, it did like we mentioned it last week when it came out, it was weird that they announced this deal before they even knew what the format's going to look like in a couple of years. And I think now that, you know, this is coming out and it's not technically a deal yet makes more sense to me than what last week's report did. But I do think ultimately it won't be a big deal. And I do think we're probably going to see ESPN still controlling the entire thing which is a different discussion. Yes. Uh, do you think that we will ultimately still be at 12? Yeah. You think they're going to expand? Yes. Yeah, eventually. 16. With the six-year extension, not in the next two years. I think that one of the things that they would have yeah. is the interest to add more games to the first round and in doing so, obviously generate more revenue for the deal. And but so... Isn't the lack of interest in the first round games that they have with 12 part of the reason the money's not what they were anticipating it being? 
Like, do we really need four more teams in this thing? If Even put, for TV, putting aside my personal opinion, like right. are four more teams, two more games really going to move the needle that much? It doesn't it depend on your perspective, though, as to why you need it. Like if I'm an administrator at a, at a school that makes a really good living on college sports, I know that one of these court cases is going to break the wrong way, in my perspective, wrong way. Right. As an administrator, I'm, we're going to start paying these athletes pretty soon. I don't want to take a pay cut. Right. So I'm trying to increase the amount of revenue my school brings in basically any way I can. So that like because we're we're going to have to actually pay the talent at some point. So if they make more money with more playoff games, then, yeah, I think that's kind of what what they're looking for. <sighs> it, we, we root for a business. I know. Well, hold on, hold on, hold on. Let's, let's be clear. I, I don't know about what we root for. OK, you know? we root we root for the product. I root for me. I root for Chip Patterson <laughs> University. I want to be right with all my predictions. I want my opinions to make me sound like a genius. I root for me. Um, but yeah, this is uh, it's it's interesting. I think that what we are looking at is a more realization of how much is left to be determined. And with this, um, if I'm to really get my CFP and on tinfoil hat on, the fact that this leak is coming from the MAC commissioner uh, and the MAC in general a conference that is probably on the low end of the payouts when they're negotiating such things. I would say that, you know, that message is being sent to your ADs by saying, Hey, 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 you're making your budgets for three, five years down the line. No, don't think that it's the number that was reported in the media reports. We might be working to be able to get you more money on top of that. And I think that that's probably, you know, what's happening in the jockeying that we have going on right here. Reminder on the college football playoff side, Tuesday, we could see them on the 20th. We could see them actually make the uh, decision voting to go to the five plus seven format for 2024. Again, that come in one way or the other. I think that after Tuesday, we will know six plus six or five plus seven. So then we can start doing our mock brackets. It should be five plus seven. Yes. I mean, come on. But. What? Two plus zero. Two plus zero. (laughs) Um, We'll see. That's awesome. Coming up on the other side, Steve Sarkeesian. There's another meeting coming up later this week that is set for him to get a new contract approved. Big time raise for Coach Sark. Now he's going to be graded against, you know, the SEC head coaches, a group that has also had some turnover in recent years. So where does Steve Sarkeesian and his new deal, where does Steve Sarkeesian, the coach, stack up against the new look SEC coaches? We'll get into that and more next. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. 
Back here on the Cover 3 podcast. So we got uh, some news over the weekend as Steve Sarkeesian, the Texas head football coach. Uh, the University of Texas System Board of Regents is set to approve a contract extension that will nearly double his annual compensation to more than $10 million per season. Uh, that coming from Mark Schlebaugh, ESPN, but reported widely. Uh, I I think that a raise for Steve Sarkeesian, given what he's been able to do in a limited time uh, with the Longhorns, is you know absolutely fair. Let's bring him up to market value. If we think Texas is one of the top 10 programs in the country and he's a big part of getting them there, then he should probably be compensated like one of the top 10 coaches in the country as he would be after this raise. But I thought a more uh, potentially more interesting conversation is one that comes out of this and we will be having it again in May when we all have to fill out our CBS Sports Coach Rankings ballots. Where does Steve Sarkeesian fall among the top coaches in the SEC, and how do you kind of stack that group up? You, do, you can put numbers on it, but if you want to tear it out, that's fine too. But we're talking about a group that you know we have had uh, and Nick Saban retire. We've had job changes in recent years, like last three to four years at places like LSU, Mississippi State, uh, Oklahoma. Now that we're adding Oklahoma to the mix as well, Texas A&M has had a job change as well. Uh, it is a group, the SEC head coaches, that are in flux. And so Steve Sarkeesian heading into his fourth year with the Longhorns. Bud, where do you put them among SEC coaches? So I, I, I took my notepad here. And so behind Kirby... Right. who's in his own tier. Uh, coaches that I'm not really convinced that he's better or worse than, so sort of on a similar tier. Brian Kelly, Kalen DeBoer. Um, am I missing anybody? And then the next, next tier, I kind of have like Elko, Heupel, like guys who have had some success at lower, at lower division programs. They seem to be pretty competent. Am I missing somebody that... that Lane. Yeah, Lane... Uh, I would have Lane in the third tier. Yeah, I'd, I'd have him in that third tier. Like okay. he's, He had success at FAU. He failed with the Raiders. He failed with USC. He's had some nice seasons at Ole Miss, but nothing special so far. So I disagree. I think for Ole Miss, what he's done is special. I, I don't want to pre. I don't want to pre bump him. We actually have to see him make this new roster gel. And like, if if he actually goes and gets to the SC title game or wins it, then I'll I'll bump him up. But so far, he hasn't won anything. Yeah, I'm with Bud. I would have Kirby on tier one all by himself. And then tier two is the, hey, I've been to the playoff or the title game. I haven't won it yet. And that would be DeBoer, Sark, and Kelly. And yep. then there's everybody else. Where do you put Napier? Like, Because Beamer's in a sort of a fourth tier, I think, right? So is uh, Pittman. I didn't hear anybody yeah. say Eli Drinkwitz. Eli Drinkwitz is in that sort of third tier. Yeah, yeah. Drinkwitz with, with Lane. <clears throat> mm -hmm. I, yeah. I might be – I. Pr I am trying not to make sure that I am overrating, you know, just sort of the aura of Lane Kiffin, but two New Year's Six Bowl appearances, two top 11 finishes in the last three years. At Ole Miss, that doesn't happen a lot. Hugh um, Freeze did it. Double-digit win seasons doesn't happen. A no, Hugh Freeze lost like four games a year. He would beat somebody awesome. He got the New Year's Six Bowls. He definitely got the New Year's Six Bowls. He went to one New Year's Six Bowl. Didn't go to two? Okay. So where's Hugh? Where's Hugh Freeze? Let me Freeze? check Hugh's phone records and see where, how many times he <laughs> I mean, isn't, isn't Freeze right there with Lane? Okay. Auburn hired Freeze over Lane 
in a pretty public thing. So at least one vote that matters. And Lane wanted the job from all reports. So I, I don't think you could really have Lane over freeze based okay. on what they as far in their yeah. career. So Steve Sarkeesian firmly ahead of the thick of good coaches who haven't separated each other from each other. I think that putting him on the same same tier as Brian Kelly is yeah. interesting. They've both made playoff games. They have not won a playoff game. They've both shown they can run large organizations competently, which is not as easy as people think it is. You know, it does help to have good NIL, but like there's still a lot of complications and headaches that come with that. So, uh, yeah, I'm pretty comfortable with with those three. And DeBoer, because of the track record at so many different different spots, really helps. But good yeah. ball coach uh, theory. Like, yeah, if you wanted to do it like numbers wise in that second tier, have them two, three, four, I would go Kelly and then you can do DeBoer and Sark. You could put Sark on the bottom of those three, but I think tier wise, sure. they're in that same tier. Yeah, I would say that. That, that seems fair. Uh, and, tier four uh, is like guys who have never had success as a head coach anywhere. You know, like Beamer was never head coach, hasn't had success in South Carolina. Pittman, kind of the same thing. Um, Levy, first, first year head coach. Levy, Clark Lee, right, exactly. Venables. Yeah. Venables as, is an interesting one. How, do you give him credit for being that good for that long? As a defensive coordinator? I think he belongs in that fourth category until he shows something, you know, shows yes. something more on the field. Yes. Like to, to miss – to miss the Big 12 title game this year with that schedule yes, was a pretty big red flag to me. Yeah. Steve Sarkeesian did um, improve things on the field. I think that he also did a really good job of sort of the, the vibesy stuff around Texas. Yeah. It just it did, did not seem like a – even all the way to watching the way they stormed back in that Sugar Bowl and damn near won it right at the end of the game. They just didn't seem to have any of the... Uh, it, was Texas football soft for a while? I don't know. Um, Soft-ish, but I, I feel like that part of that is the narrative that the Big 12 overall was soft. So I don't know if that could kind of bleed in. I, don't, I just thought Texas was not developed or well-coached for a while. Um, Stoops, by the way, tier three. Ooh, we didn't say Mark Stoops. Yeah, I would say tier three for sure. I mean, yeah. he's not in that second tier, but he's definitely in the, hey, this guy's a good coach and he's not he a really good coach. Yeah. Correct. By the way, Chip, yes. Hugh Freeze, two New Year's Six Bowls at all. Okay. Miss, Were they back to back? Yeah, Peach Bowl and a Sugar Bowl. And he finished two years in a row in the college football playoff rankings, ninth and 12th. So, hmm. So, Hugh, huh. so, so Lane huh. Kiffin is accomplishing everything Hugh Freeze did correct boom roasted and if, uh, if history is if past his prologue Ole Miss is going five and seven this year because that's what Hugh did after two back-to-back -back New Year's six bowls and then the phone records came out freeze also did it the freeze losses I felt like were worse but freeze did beat the very best team yeah mm. like they would beat the best team in the SEC and he did it a couple times whereas <laughs> they would lose Lane's, to the worst <laughs> but Lane's Ole Miss team's so far, I don't want to make make the mistake of saying that they will always be this way, but so far they have gotten stomped. Like Georgia this year, non-competitive game. Alabama, from a physical standpoint, like Bama couldn't throw. They had an absolute disaster of an offense. It was still not competitive because the defense just snuffed them out. It, it was when they have gone up against like the really, really, really good teams, 
they're not competitive. Now, Freeze would screw around and like lose to a five-loss Arkansas team. Right. Which so far, Lane has not done. And that is also hard to avoid doing. But the we need to see like Ole Miss beat some teams who are like, damn, that's like a top, mm-hmm. like a legit top five team they just beat. And they don't do it so far. I think it's that um, ready. I, I think Texas football has shown that they do have a little bit of an edge. They do have a little bit of the whatever Bo Davis was screaming about on that bus that day that he did not see. I think he I think they have that. And so um, that in its of itself, when you're taking over a behemoth like that to identify what needs to be fixed and help lead those changes, Steve Sarkeesian gets a lot of points in my book. I agree with you, Kirby, on the first tier. And then we start a debate that Steve Sarkeesian is very much a part of. I'll throw Brian Kelly in as my personal vote, but certainly that can change. Again, May uh, is when we do the CBS Sports Coach Rankings at CBSSports.com and, of course, reveal a lot of our ballots and debates here on the Cover 3 podcast. It is going to be so hard. I I started working on mine from scratch, but I need to email Silverstein like, hey, do you have my ballot from last year? Because I can't remember where I had everybody, so I'm going to have to go back and like watch the show, I guess. To But, dude, with all these guys retiring, it's – it is difficult. Yeah, you're going to find yourself retiring or getting fired. I mean, like Jimbo held right. a spot at the top of the rankings yeah. based on a national championship and a, a history of mostly winning. That spot is gone, and it's going to be occupied by somebody who does not have a national championship ring. So going to be interesting to see uh, how all those things shake out. One more Texas-related note. This was actually from late last week, something we didn't get to, but I'm curious to... Curious to take the temperature of this. So Texas is joining the SEC. They are, you know, one of the newbies in the conference, but they are undoubtedly one of the big power players and the big voices in the room. Texas's athletic director uh, telling some some fans, you know, a- answering a lot of questions. He, among other things, you know, he talked about the Texas A&M rivalry, but he also said, you know, he's he he is pushing for the SEC to move to a nine game conference schedule. Uh, it's something Texas is used to. You know, they've been playing nine-game conference schedules in the Big 12. It is something that is divisive among SEC uh, coaches and schools, depending on sort of where you are in the SEC. Tom, what's your what's your general thought here in terms of whether or not the expansion will, will lead to the SEC adding that ninth game? You mean, will it lead to the SEC stop being so terrified of playing SEC teams? Because nobody's more scared to play the SEC than the SEC. Um yeah, I do, and I hope it does because I've I've long advocated for more conference games for a while. Hell, I'd go to ten, especially now that you're going to sixteen and eighteen team leagues, and the playoff is expanding, and there's going to be so many more at larges. And the SEC and the Big Ten are going to have such a higher profile and reputation than the rest of the country. I don't really think you need to fear playing more conference games because if they go to sixteen, like we were talking about earlier in the show, they're going to be eight and four teams getting in the playoff. Like you could afford losses. So if you just did like a 10 game conference schedule, five at home, five away, and then you did two non con games against like the Big 12 or the ACC or whatever, you're going to have the resume to get in, even if you win or, you know, only win eight or nine games. So I would do it. I think that, again, we talk about they want to expand the playoff to increase revenue. More conference games will make your television deal more, you know, more attractive because you'd rather see Ole Miss playing. South Carolina than Ole Miss playing Mercer or whoever that would be on that non-conference schedule. So, yeah, I, I do think we're going to get there, and I do think that as we become more of a Super 2 kind of Power 2 league, we're going to see both those leagues kind of just 
break away further from everybody and not just from financially, but from the schedule too. So I think it makes all the sense in the world for the SEC to do this. And, and I was trying to make some sense of the timing. One, you have sort of the new toys you want, want to introduce in your marketing this year in Texas and Oklahoma. Mm-hmm. You don't really need to like break out two new toys. Your, your, your new toy to show everybody this year, your flashy thing is the expanded conference. So your new thing, my guess is in 26, not in 25, because you can let the schedule roll one time. New deal comes into place for 26. Then that could be your new thing. The other thing that I think, I'm just going to predict this, you're going to see the Big Ten SEC really make a lot of noise about some sort of like RPI or like very clear schedule formula thing to try to game as many possible bids as they possibly can. And I don't want to use the, the term game pejoratively because it, I'm not saying that they, those teams wouldn't deserve it if they played a crazy hard schedule and actually fared well against the schedule. I do think early on, we're still going to have sort of that lost column bias that the committee is usually held by. So mm-hmm. I don't know that the strength of schedule is going to be considered quite as hard by the committee in the next two years as those two big leagues will probably want it to be. And thus, I think with the ex- when the new deal kicks in, I think I'm predicting we will have some sort of like very defined RPI type schedule formula. And then you can sort of format your conference schedule to make sure that you have as many uh, quad one or quad two or whatever, like basketball, you guys tell me how, how they do it. Um, that's my, that's my guess. It's actually something I'm looking forward to talking about with Bill because somebody asked, is there anything, is there a net rating for college football and net at its heart is really an efficiency you know, metric. Like when they talk about gaming the system, it's about beating what the model predicts you are going to do. I mean, it's, it is margin. Like it's not as dumb as to say margin of victory, but if you blow teams out by more than the model thought you were going to blow teams out, your net rating improves and coaches have figured that out. That's why like walk-ons aren't getting in the game anymore. If you can win that game by 29, if you're a bubble team, it's just most bubble teams aren't good enough to win any game by 29 in conference play. But if you get that opportunity, you know, you you've seen that happen so far this year. I I think that SP plus is probably like not a bad spot to use if we're going to have a net rating type thing in college football, a similar efficiency metric. One where, bud, to your point, schedule uh, opponent adjusted, tempo adjusted. You know, teams that are eight and four, nine and three are still carrying a a rating in SP plus if they play in the hardest conferences in the country. They're still up there in the top 15. They would still be considered playoff contenders. Problem is, like with basketball, they're playing 30 game seasons. So even that's not a perfect sample size, but at least it's a much larger sample to kind of determine efficiency. Fair. If you're only playing a 12 game regular season, one 40 point blowout win over an Owen or a 1 and 11 team in your conference will really skew your quote unquote efficiency metric if they're only using it for that current season. So I don't know. It's going to be super fun to argue with your fellow fan bases about we've got more quad one wins than you. So how no, I, yeah, yeah. I would prefer not. Uh, and to your point, but I, I think that we just have to look at the selection committee's own behavior because lost column bias does not exist for a group of five conferences. Teams regularly get deep into November with a zero or a one mm-hmm. in the loss column and don't get higher than 17. Right. And so if they if the selection committee starts treating the Big 12 and the ACC differently as we move into our new future, well, then it, it'll sort itself out without even having to introduce this new kind of metric. 
And we have no idea if, if those two conferences are even going to be around in their current format in two years anyway. But, um, or if they should be treated differently depending on the strength of schedule or, or whatnot. Um, one of my concerns here, though, is that it is my belief that the committee really uses 5 to 25 as a way to justify what it wants to do 1 to 4. If you now have to pick 12, well, you really don't have to pick 12. You really, you have to go 12 deep, but five of them, we think, will be auto-bid. So there's no real... As, as I've retrofit the selection process, it's yeah. mostly like top 10. You know, right. and, and sometimes those uh, conference champion number five, because they're a conference champion, they got bumped all the way up to number 12 anyway. And it works mm -hmm. out kind of clean. Uh, I think there was a Houston example from the Tom Herman era where they were number 12 in the final committee rankings. Boom, it ended up being a nice clean 12. But yeah, that top 10 is where you need to be, I think, for at large based on the way this has gone in the past. Totally. So are they going to continue their practice of essentially using the, the rest of the, like, let's just call it, 13 to 25 to justify what they want to do one to 12. Cause that, I, that's, le that's less pieces to move around to make your point. Thus my prediction, I think we're going to go to some more like defined RPI type thing or net or I, I don't know. We don't use RPI anymore. Am I, am I a dinosaur for saying RPI? Yeah. We yes. use the net now. Okay. Net. All right. <laughs> Come on, bud. Come on. Hey man, I'm coming to man. I threw out Ion college basketball as the <laughs> podcast to listen to. If you guys need, need your college basketball fix. That's Florida right. State gets good Florida at football good. again, and you just completely abandon college basketball. There was a yeah, while there where basketball was all the Knowles had. If Florida State basketball had to die for FSU football to get good again, <laughs> I don't know any Knowles fans who wouldn't take that. You know what I mean? Leonard Hamilton, like, he's one. They're like, <laughs> all the FSU fans I know would be like, cool, basketball, that's fun, blah, 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 good place to get drunk when you're in college at, at, at the Tucker Center. Give me the shovel, right? Hey, like, they'll, they'll put that body in the ground for sure. Football is what matters, Tallahassee. Coach Ham deserves better than this. Hell, baseball is actually a bigger sport in Tallahassee than basketball is, if we're being honest. Yeah, y'all. There was okay. there was that little window and maybe Florida softball. State basketball was just a bunch of six nine dudes with seven five wingspans. <laughs> They'd be like, try to score on us. Go ahead. You can't. They they played hard. I I uh, I was listening I, I was listening to Rosillo talk on uh, PMT and he's like, Yeah, I forgot what team it was. My was it the Bulls? They like they play really hard for this coach, but they're like they play hard during a regular season, and then in the playoffs, everybody plays hard, so that stuff is not as big of an edge. Yeah. But they don't have a guy you can consistently trust to get his own shot and score. I'm like, oh, my God. this I forgot what team it was, so I guess I wasn't active listening. Like, that's FSU basketball, <laughs> <laughs> even when we were good. You know? May, listen, it was 2018 Elite Eight run. Does that sound right? Mm -hmm. they ended up falling yeah. short to yeah. Michigan. That was a good team. I do think they could have won it all during the COVID year. Yeah, like, That team was playing – Really, really well done the stretch. And no yeah, I, I, no I was there in that empty Greensboro Coliseum when they handed him a trophy. Yeah. He came onto the court on like March 12th or March 13th or whatever. They did warm-ups and they got everybody off the court and said, here's some hand sanitizer and here's a trophy. World's about to shut down. Y'all have a good one. This, this weekend was the weekend, going back to the baseball discussion too, where it's like, the list that I have on my tweet deck that's all for, you know, like college football beat reporters, suddenly it's just baseball play by play. And it's just, it's like, oh God, it's the middle of February, guys. We right. really need to be doing this. I'll give you my, my muted words list for tweet deck if you want. It's, uh, <laughs> yeah. Strikeout? Right. Yeah. Okay. Nice. That's smart. All right. Coming up on the other side, fans were jazzed. I think it was during our show on Thursday 
you know, EA Sports drops a new teaser. We got a little bit more information, but the game is coming out this summer. So both seriously and, and also maybe creatively, what do we want to see? What do we think we will see in the new EA Sports college football game? That and more. Next. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Back here on the Cover 3 podcast, fans are fired up because there was some back and forth. We knew EA Sports was working on a new college football game. Then there was some concern about whether it was going to be able to get out. It is returning Thanks to, we now know, thanks to an announcement and a teaser trailer from EA Sports. More information to come in the uh, in the months ahead. Uh, a release, I think, along the classical release calendar. Expecting it sometime this summer. Tom, um, what were you, what did, what's on your checklist? What's on Tom's checklist for the new EA Sports college football game? First of all, I enjoy the people going through that trailer like as a Pruder film trying to find the date for the release. And they're thinking like it's on you like that clip thing at the end where they, you know, do the cut board or whatever it's called. Yeah. They're looking at all the numbers on that, trying to decipher a date for the release to see if it was a hidden message. That seems like um, a lot. Yeah, there's people are desperate to have this game back. A lot of a lot of nerds who had lonely, lonely days playing college. Hey, no, no, no. Hey. <laughs> I'm throwing myself in that group. I played it for hours, man. Um what am I looking forward to? I'm looking forward to playing it <laughs> more than anything. It's been a while since I've had a football game, a video game that I've played because I just haven't played Madden in a very long time. It just it got boring to me quick. College football was much more fun. Uh, I will say my only real ask for what they do is don't make the recruiting so time intensive. That was the one thing that would annoy me during Dynasty mode, where it's like I just wanted to play the game and I had to spend 20 minutes going through all the recruiting stuff. If you could do that but not make it as time intensive, that would be great. I like that. It makes a lot of sense. Um, so I'm probably going to buy a PS5 to get this game. I know. I'm. I, I don't think it's going to work on my uh, my Xbox 360. That sounds like a jet engine every single time I fire it up. <laughs> yeah, I've got a, I've got a PS2, so I'm pretty sure that's, that's not going to work. Um, I have a four. Will it work on the four? Please make it work for the four. 
I don't need, I can't afford to buy a five. I mean, business expense, right? If we're the it's number true. one, number one college ball podcast out there, I feel like that's a legitimate business expense. Let's, <laughs> I'll tell you what I, I would, I, and I am speaking for the fans here. I do not want to see recruiting involve microtransactions. Because back when this oh, game God. was out in like 2013 and 2014, we really hadn't had the explosion that you see in FIFA, like in the NBA games where you're like getting leveling up either takes an absurd amount of time or money. And I, I, I don't think that's while it is in the spirit of college football <laughs> and the idea that it takes money to uh, build a roster I'm. I would feel like that is a that is an unfair uh, playing experience if we bring that into the game as well. Can you imagine having to buy players for both your real and your fake team? That's yeah. Just like you're. We we got our guy Carolina Superfan Delbert Jenkins who's back to eating ramen just because Mac moved the goalpost and said one mil's not enough. We need five mil. He's having ramen every single night, sending nine dollar donations to the Heels for Life campaign. I mean, Delbert's <laughs> fingers are swelling. And you're asking him to also pay to build a Carolina roster on the PS5 too? Come on now. I mean, if you're EA, don't you just try to keep this as simple and fun as possible in year one? And then if you have more complex plans, roll it out. But the game's going to sell based on nostalgia in large part. Mm -hmm. like, do a yes. good job. Do a good job of the gameplay. Make the menus a little more navigable than they are in Madden. That's... That's not my, my OG take because I just haven't been, been playing video games for a minute. But, like, um, yeah, I, I, I think it's just going to be awesome, man. Like, I, I want to see something that, that I remember but better functionality, really. Like, it, it's kind of what, what I want out of it. Um, Got to do this. So, I want to be in the game. Sim the recruiting. You, you could sim it, right? You can mm -hmm. sim the recruiting. Uh, the, get the stadiums and the songs right. And I don't mean like correct, I mean just like do it well. Like build mm -hmm. like if you really want to capture it, and I understand that that's not the the gameplay part. You know, we can sit here and talk about the, whether we think that they got the read option controls and the rhythms of of all that kind of stuff with your primary and your secondary read on some of those later games. I'm sure those are going to be a, a big thing to a lot of the football heavy fans. But a lot of people who like this game are just going to be throwing it to the button hook or the crossing route. We're handing it off and running it up the middle, but they want to hear the sounds. They want to see the stadium shots and, and they want to be able to create that environment. You get the pageantry right. I'm trying not to sound cheesy, but I think I'm, I got, I feel strongly about this. You get the pageantry right. People will overlook ultimately minor, you know, gameplay complaints. Well, I, I think now that, now that they have the licensing stuff on the right track or handle or whatever, and, and this is not a, um, you know, basically something that, that is not off the books, but just sort of like more official official, right? Um, the schools are going to be all in on that, aren't they? Like yes. you're, you're going to want, like you're going to want Osceola, you're, you're going to want Traveler, you're, you're, you're going to want Ralphie, and like real, real stuff from that. You're, you're going to want to, you know, be able to see the sunset in, 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 the, in the Rose Bowl if, if you play a game at a certain time, right? Like I, Godfrey I think, won't. Godfrey won't want to see that. No, that's true. <laughs> Oh man, um, we have. Oh, can you do like custom uniforms? Would be good, like throwback stuff you can unlock. I know. I think we had that in the old game, mm -hmm. which worked. Yeah, I mean the the dynasty mode I would expect to be intact. Uh, Road to Glory, which was their version of your only one player, and you get mm -hmm. to go be that one player. I, I expect that that will still be 
you know, mostly intact as well. Um, I just, my own selfish perspective, a lot of my love of NCAA football was communal. It was sitting down, picking up the sticks for an exhibition. You hit random three times and you get to pick one of the three randoms that you drew. And yeah. then you just go and you, you cut it up and you see how it goes. And so in that sense, like let's, Let's make it so that when you are going through that process of just picking up the game to play it, it's cool. It, it reminds you of what Saturdays sound and feel like. And, um, and yeah, I mean, and the players, you know, players should be able to get coin off of it, right? Mm-hmm. But I, I also want to see us in the game like they do with NBA yeah. 2K where they have. So that way, when I lose a game, there's just like a tweet from Bud screaming that my ass should be fired. I really... <laughs> <laughs> This guy can't recruit. Get rid of him. Coach Fernelli has moved down in Bud Elliott's coach rank. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 The, um, but Bud, Bud Elliott tweet uh, heading into the season. This is a schedule of someone who's going to be fired. <laughs> so uh, can we – in talking to coaches, you know, they, they the way they think about things are just so different than, like, message board fans. Like, like message board's like, play the freshman. The coach is like, that guy knows, like, an eighth of our playbook. It would be so – That'd be something cool to see, right? Like you sign you sign the five star freshman, but maybe his like athletic score is crazy high, but maybe mm-hmm. his like uh, awareness score is super low, and it makes it to where like, I don't know, like maybe there's certain areas of the playbook that you can only unlock uh, by playing more. Um, yeah, no, it, it comes down to maybe that already blatantly, exists. Yeah, it, it did. Like just okay. All right. you, you'd put dudes out there, they just miss blocks. Just like, you know, if they, they didn't have uh, – and that came, you know, each offseason, their scores improved. I loved our friend uh, our friend Kevin Clark. He, he made a comment. He said, I cannot wait to cut like a 96-ranked junior just so that I can get this like 95-ranked freshman who's going to project out higher. <laughs> you start building a juggernaut and get, get some ruthless decision-making with, with the over-signing that you used to be able to get away with in that thing. Yeah, I was kind of a hypocrite because I'd be like, I'd be like, I can't believe they're just cutting these kids. They're supposed to honor their scholarships, and then I'd log onto the game. I'd be like, Nah, get rid of this dude. Get rid of this dude. Screw this kid. I don't care. Go work at McDonald's. Get the hell off my team. Yeah, I got, I got up to like ninety-two scholarship players, and I would just like reverse sort mm-hmm. whoever was the lowest rated. Didn't matter. You're out. You're gone. You're a junior and only eighty-three. Get the Come hell on. off my football team. Are you even oh. going to the training table? Now, with the transfer portal, do we think there will be like a happiness score? Like maybe there's a guy who yes. maybe, oh, maybe they he's got a locker room element. It's like, okay, you can't cut this guy, even though he's like a bad player, but his locker room score is real high and he's buddies with all the good guys on the team. Like if you cut him, they're pissed. Yeah, they, they do EAFC now. Sorry, I called it FIFA. But they do have that with like your players. Like you have to keep them happy. Like if they're supposed to be a starter and you're resting them or not playing them too often, they get pissed and it affects your team's performance. And the old game had that too. If you would convince someone not to go pro, you would have to convince them and promise them something. And then mm-hmm. they would let you keep track of your promises in terms of whether or not you were following up on them. But that never really mattered in the game. At least I didn't find it did much. Well, I mean, if you're going to do it, make it matter. Well, I yeah, all of my promises are you're going to compete for our conference champion, and obviously I was just <laughs> rocking and rolling, so that was an easy one to hit. Who uh, who would you guys have on the cover? Caleb. You don't think you're going to be an active player to celebrate the fact they have players' rights? Because I, I was yeah, thinking I think Caleb. Be active. I I thought Tom brought up a great point, or maybe one to two of you said we don't have a a great quarterback like like star power name recognition, Dion. whatever. I would you put your door on there. I think. Shador, Shador, uh, could I think be they, on they go sell the most. 
like you'd have a lot of people celebrate it. You'd have some people hating on it. I, I, I think Shador from a business perspective makes a ton of sense. Oh, Everybody would say that he should be the number one pick in the draft. If he's not, why is he, why is he on the cover of the video game? And you'd be like, well, I don't know. Tailgate might have the answer. Nick Saban. Yeah, I guess. I, I think I they're going to want to celebrate. That they have like real, real active players in the game. Mm-hmm. Okay. But I don't know. I, I, that's, that's a guess on my, on my part. Regional uh, do covers like will do it like Phil Steele. They could do regional covers, yeah. Or they'll just have multiple covers, and you can choose the one you want. All right, so if you went regional, southeast is Carson Beck? Probably. Maybe Quinn Ewers in the southwest. Big yeah. Ten, you're going to have, I don't know, Trevion Henderson. Probably Will Johnson. I don't know. It, it it has to be a big school, but oh, um, Donovan Edwards. Donovan, yeah, maybe. I yeah, I don't know. Scored touchdowns for the national champion last year. Feels like that. Out west, Miller Moss. <laughs> we're not putting, we're not putting Dylan Gabriel on the cover of EA, right? <laughs> they might. They might. This is the point. Like, there's yeah, so there's many really, guys. Yeah, it, it. The COVID thing. It's really. It's. It's an odd. It's going to be an odd season because a lot of guys got the extra eligibility. Some guy. Yeah. It's. There isn't a superstar coming in that you're just super set on. Which again, going off topic here, another reason why a lot of quarterbacks you don't think should be drafted very highly are going to be drafted highly this year. This oh wait, a lot of quarterbacks that you don't think are going to be drafted highly in the NFL draft this year are going to be drafted highly because those because NFL uncertainty surrounding next year's QB class. And if NFL teams don't want to wait until next year, might as well take one of the guys now. Whereas at this time last year, they were like, Well, Caleb Williams, Drake May, these guys are all coming out next year, so maybe we don't have to go for it now. Whereas next year they're like Carson Beck, Quinn Ewers. And like I, I said, I, if Carson Beck came out this year, I would have him going. I think he might have been a Second round pick. Yeah. At worst. So the other one from Tailgate said a sort of collage of all the Heisman winners from since the game's been gone that they couldn't use before to celebrate them. That'd be cool. Or like maybe you do. How long has it been gone? Nine years? It was the last one. was the last one. Summer of 13 was when Mm -hmm. they released NCAA 14. So maybe do maybe do five covers with, with with two guys on it each. Something, I like that. Get to, or you can put yourself on the cover, <laughs> custom made for an extra ten dollars. Send in a photo of you. We'll put you on the cover. No, I, I mean you know that you give uh, Joey Burrow a shine. You give Devonta Smith a shine. You know, get get all the guys that have been in there um, over the years. They get a chance to uh, to be on it. Just put puddles on the cover. His name is the Duck. Yeah, he's Puddles. I know. I know. So it's not that. It's not Puddles. That's the Oregon Duck is his official name, but the real right. ones call him Puddles. That's right. As Mama named him the Oregon Duck, I'm gonna call him the Oregon Duck. Uh, all right, one one last. My mama named me Thomas. You don't call me that. Was it? What did did your mama name you like those seven names that you made me put on your wedding invitation? Uh huh. Yeah. <laughs> 
All right. One last thing before we get out of here. Um, Bud, we're going to need to tap you for billable hours here. We've got um, some updates in the Florida State ACC legal battle. The ACC is trying to go through its um, process of, you know, you're, you're not going to get to challenge this here. You are going to get to challenge this there. They're trying to put uh, the lawsuit in Florida on hold. Um, I know there's a lot of moving parts here, and so that's why we always need you to be able to let us know where we are in the process and what seem like the significant develops in the last couple of weeks since we've last checked in on this. Sure. So uh, both the ACC and FSU have uh, filed their answers and have also uh, moved to dismiss the, the cases in, in the respect. ACC wants it to be heard in North Carolina. Florida State wants it to be heard in Tallahassee. Do I think either of these things are actually going to be dismissed right now? No, probably not. It'll probably go for a little bit longer. Everybody's going to get a little more billable hours out of this. FSU's answer included a lot of the uh, Swafford Sun Raycom stuff, which Mm -hmm. was pretty personal. We'll see how much of that stuff actually matters. Uh, The ACC's uh, answer in Tallahassee was huge. I mean, not in terms of like how much it matters, but just that the number of pages was enormous. (laughs) They basically argued everything in the book, which is pretty commonplace, to be honest. I don't think there's anything really remarkable about that, uh, there's an interesting bit in there where the ACC is essentially saying, like, no, like maximizing revenue and being a steward of the conference is a goal. It's not a, a requirement. I, was like, I don't know how well that one holds up, but again, that's why you argue everything, and uh, maybe some of the other stuff will uh, will stick. I know a lot of people on social media made a big deal out of the ACC uh, saying that Florida State, of course, has the option to buy its rights back. Yes, they do at $550 million or whatever it would be. So, uh, you know, not something that they're actually going to do. That's why they're suing each other. So uh, there were a lot of graphics going around. The ACC admits that FSU can buy its rights back. Yeah, of course they can. But they didn't say for for what price. So it's kind of just a lot of, like, hubbub about nothing. Um, I don't think Florida State's going to stay in the ACC for very long. It doesn't mean next year. It could mean next year. Who knows? They have to officially exit by August. Maybe this settles. Maybe it doesn't. Uh, but I, I wouldn't really draw huge conclusions right now. To, you have to be out by August to be out for 2025. Correct. Yeah. So if, oh, joy, another two weeks in August, or we're just sitting around waiting to see if Florida State's going to leave the conference. That'll be a correct mm-hmm. Um Question for it. Oh, do we want to hit the the in helmet communication stuff? Because I actually did get some good notes on that. Oh yeah, absolutely. That's the ACC had its uh, winter meetings um, a little bit earlier up up in Charlotte late last week, and one of the things coming out of it was the approval of in helmet communication. This is something that I think at the NCAA level is assumed that that they're going to get there. The ACC jumping ahead of it, saying like, yes, we give a thumbs up as well. Um, You know, this goes on to get approval. ACC conference games, we think it's good. Um, This uh, obvious reaction to all sign-stealing scandals because you don't need all the Macarena on the sideline if you're able to just, you know, signal it in to uh, to your quarterback. Right. So – I talked to some coaches about this, and they said it actually is really important that it got approved now because there's a lot of stuff they have to get used to communicating with the players in spring. Like They're going to use it every day in spring to, to deal with it. And some stuff that I, I don't know if you wouldn't have thought of, but I just I hadn't thought of because I really hadn't pondered it previous to this, but they had been thinking about it. Like, look, here's the deal. In college, we rotate guys a lot more 
than the NFL does. In the NFL, a lot of these starters don't come off the field all that much, right? Like they're playing most of the snaps. So how many helmet radios do you actually get? Are You can only have one guy on the field at one time, right? But who's monitoring for this, okay? What if you have to put two guys who have a helmet radio on the field? Can you swap the helmet out, right? Like how does that work? And I do think we will still see, by the way, some signalers on the sidelines. Um, specifically in the instance of defending tempo teams. So like I know a lot of teams defensively, they have a different signaler call their front than they do their back. Right. So maybe like you call the you call the back part of the defense with with, with the coverage and, and, and the fit over the helmet radio and your backer or your safety, whoever you you maybe got a corner who's really good at it, designate as your radio guy. He calls that, but but you still have you still have your front looking to the sideline to get the signal for what what kind of front you want to align in. So uh, it'll be interesting to see. I'm, I'm, I mean, you get penalized for having two guys on the field with the same number. We're probably going to have some instances where you have two guys with a quote unquote helmet radio. Who controls if like they're both active or not? Or do you have, can you like can you declare yourself ineligible for radio like you could if if you had a you switch your helmet out. Yeah, but no, from a player safety thing, they, they they make you wear the same helmet like all year through the whole thing mm-hmm. because it's, it's it fits to your head and, and all this other stuff. Interesting. Well, on offense, it's just quarterbacks only, so that's easy. But right. defense, yeah, it's I don't know. Maybe they just come up and say it can only be your linebacker, or it could be just you know like it has to be this one position. I don't know because I mean I know the NFL most of it is linebackers who do like it. Who controls it? Like, is, is there a is there a guy from the conference that says, hey, like we can only have one radio active at one time and thus it, it eliminates the possibility of a penalty? There's like a, a like a monitor on the on the umpire's hip that says, Uh-oh, I feel yeah. two, I feel two helmets around me. Hold on, time out. Well, got- almost like a switcher system. Like you can only have one button depressed at one time. Um, the refs get a shock <laughs> if there's too many radios at Yeah. <laughs> I mean, imagine if you're standing on the sideline and then all of a sudden the call comes into you. Oh no. This call is meant for the guy on the field right now. And then right. All, all of a sudden, like the signals get crossed. Mm. Also, like, well, we, we could just give everybody radios. Apparently, these are very cheap, by the way. Yeah. Like, they're, they're, the cost is not a real concern if you're at a school of like if you're at a D1 school. There's like a corner who's just got his Spotify on his radio the entire time. He's not even listening. He's just listening to music out there. Hey, if that if that's what you need to stay in that wide receiver's pocket all day. You know, you bump, you bump those tunes. That sounds good to me. Um, well, question, let's see, where is, how are they going to deal with non-conference games? I think the assumption is that it's going to get approved across college football at the FBS level. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but I think both schools would have to agree or you just put them down. Interesting. Well, yeah, this... Uh, still a lot to be sorted out, but the ACC, one of several conferences that's already getting ahead of it. And a good note there from Bud as the, they will now be going into spring practice, establishing you know the rhythms and routines that are going to allow them to be able to execute without as many issues when they're on the field in 2024. We will be back on Wednesday, and our friend Bill Connolly of ESPN will be joining us. We'll be talking returning production, the initial SP Plus rankings, and so much more. We love our off-season visits with Bill. Come hang out. If you've got questions, hey, like if, if you want to jump in there and you want to be like, hey, Bill, why do the numbers absolutely hate my South Carolina Gamecocks? You can ask him. 
you can come ask him here. Come hang out at the Cover 3 tailgate. Uh, we will be looking at all sorts of things, all things SP Plus, returning production, and more. And you can follow him on Twitter at BudElliot3. You can follow him at Tom Fernelli. You can follow me at Chip underscore Patterson. Gentlemen, thank you very much. Adam Hadwin is the greatest Canadian of all time. For drag queens to save the world. Drag save the world. RuPaul's Drag Race All Stars is back on Paramount Plus, and for the first time ever, I want you to use your talent for good for a change. <laughs> Eight iconic queens are competing for the charity of their choice. This is how you do drag. Who will slay it forward, win cash for their favorite cause, and a coveted spot in the Drag Race Hall of Fame? RuPaul's Drag Race All Stars. New season streaming May 17th exclusively on Paramount Plus. Go to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. Terms apply.